Okay, so this morning we're going to be discussing a fourth way to be menatzeach badin, how to succeed in din. Um, this past month we've been doing every week a different, a different derech, a different approach, just to uh, just to summarize what we've done already in the past. We have um, been mitzdarif ourselves to a tzibur, been dan lekavschos. Last week we spoke about being Mavra Almidais, and this week we're going to discuss, I guess it's going to be the final one of this series, uh, but there are more, but these are the ones that I chose to talk about, and the final one is to do what we call Lamancha. And let me describe what this approach is uh, this morning. When I was a Bachar in Yeshiva, so a friend of mine asked me if I wanted to do something different this coming Sunday. So I said, all right, what? So he said that there was a, a mayoral inauguration in New York City. It was Giuliani's um, inauguration. He was being inaugurated as mayor. This was before 9-11, so that's why the story could actually happen. And he saw an, an article, an ad in, in a classified in the Jewish press, I think it was, um, that they're looking for volunteers to, I don't, I don't even know what it was, but it was they, they're looking for volunteers to help out at the inauguration. And, uh, you know, my friend said, it sounds interesting. You want to do it with me? I said, okay. So um, we went the morning of the inauguration and... We met at a certain one of these city buildings in in downtown Manhattan. They didn't know who I was. I didn't know who they were. It was it was there was no. I could have been a serial killer. Like they'd have no idea who I was. There was before nine eleven. You didn't need any clearance. You didn't need any uh, ID. No, they they just basically wrote your name down. And there was a group of us. Maybe there were fifteen twenty people from different walks of life. They, you know from different denominations, different uh, racial backgrounds, religious backgrounds, and we were all just there to volunteer, whatever that meant. We all were given, without asking who we were, we were all given a one of those necklaces with a with an official-looking badge on it, and I, I had it until Hurricane Sandy hit my house in Long Beach, uh, when I had to throw out like half of my stuff, it all got ruined from the from the water. But it was like a laminated badge. It said it was very cool. It had like a, pity, a picture of City Hall, and it had like Giuliani, Mayor Giuliani's, uh, you know, inauguration and the date, and it was very. It looked very shoddy. And then um, basically we put it on, and suddenly, as soon as we put it on, then we were let out of this room, and we were like the big knockers at the inauguration. I had no training. Giuliani or any people on his staff had no idea who I was. I put on this little badge and suddenly like they looked at me like I was the big know-it-all. And during the actual inauguration, I was standing like very official looking like behind, like very near the mayor. It was like ridiculous. And then afterwards, I remember like Ramesha Shara was there. He was um, he was the one that did like the bracha at the inauguration, whatever it is. And and uh, he asked me, like, if I could get him, uh, you know, 
out of the building quicker or whatever, you know, and I, I don't remember if I helped him or I didn't, I don't know what I did anymore at that time, but, and then I, I escorted, you're not going to believe it, I escorted the mayor and his whole entourage through the, through Gracie Mansion, I think it was, or City, wherever it was that he was in Norway, I don't know if it was the City Hall building or Gracie Mansion, or I don't even know, that might be the same building, and then they, um, and, like, everybody was looking to me as if I was, like, you know, the head of Secret Service or whatever, just because I was wearing this silly little badge that they gave me for just showing up. And it was a really, really, you know, cool experience. I got a lot of bragging rights, a lot of uh, conversation pieces on dates for the next few years on that. But the, uh, the point of the story is that sometimes in life, doors open up for a person because they can be identified as being on a certain staff or as a certain position. Sometimes, you know, if you have a a certain badge, if you have a certain ID card, people just respect you all of a sudden. and, And you're able to get a lot of things that if you would not have that, they would lo- all your doors would be locked, and now suddenly you're able to have this ID or this badge, and whether it's completely deservant or not, doors are open wide for you. That's just the reality. That's the Matthias in this world, and that's, I saw that with my own eyes, and you know, it's true today. You go to the White House, if you don't have any ID on you, they ain't letting you in. You have to make a reservation you know, months in advance, but if you have a, a little security clearance card, you know, please step right in. You know, you can go as, as far as you're allowed to go. I think the same is true to a certain degree with the Mehadin. There is the hard way to get through the Mehadin, and then there is the easier way to get through the Mehadin. The hard way is you have to go through the entire din. We don't want to do that. That's what we've been trying to work on the last four weeks. We're trying to circumvent the din because it's not shaykh really for us to stand under the, the bright lights of interrogation on din and get through it because we, you know, we're, we're very, we're flawed. We have a lot of averis in our hands. We have a lot of machshavas that weren't good, a lot of shleilishmas and a lot of things that we're not proud of. And even if we today think that we're really good, that's only because our, our memory is, is very short. We forgot about all the stuff that we did in the summer and last uh, Nisan and last uh, Adar and last uh, Kislev. We have a lot to answer for. If a person would keep a cheshman and nefesh, an exact tally, like the Sifrei Musar say to do, of all that we do wrong in our life, then we would be, you know, we'd have a notebook you know, like this for, and then, and then some for the year of Tavshanayintas. So to get through Din and say, I'm going to earn, I'm going to get through, you know, the hard way I could do it, not advisable at all. So we have to somehow get that card. We have to get that VIP pass so that we're able to get through the TSA guards and all the guards with much greater ease. So what is that card? What is that? What, how, do, how do we get that? Everyone wants that. What do you call that in the airports? That you have the what? Pre-check. pre-check. How do you get that pre-check card? It's 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 so great. You don't have to stand on those lines. You just circumvent the whole the whole the whole thing. That's what we want. Rushed on it, right? That's what we want to do. So the Sifri Musser say 
that what we have to do is we have to say to the Rabbeinu Shalom that everything that I do in my life is not for me. Everything that I do in my life is lamancha. It's for you. I'm dedicating my life for you. Meaning, I'm on your staff, I'm working for you, I have your badge, I'm not a regular person, I'm not a person like everybody else that's living for themselves and focusing solely on their own taivas, their own gaivas, their own, their own ups and downs and, and haloch yelech of life, the ebbs and flow in life, is for me, I'm doing it for you. Everything that I do is not personal, it's not about me, it's about you. That's what we say every day by davening, starting with Rosh Hashanah until after uh, Yom Kippur. We say, we say, what do we say in, in Shemana Esrei? Remember us for life. You're the king that wants life. And you should write us in the book of life. Why? Because I am living for you. If it was a life for me, I can't claim that I deserve another year of life. For what? So that I can eat pizza, I can eat sushi, I can go to great adventure, I can, I can watch movies, I can... That's, that's what the Rabbanu Shalom says, okay, you're right, you deserve another year of life. And if we want that year of life, then we have to prove that we're worthy and that we have more mitzvahs and averas and that whole deal. But if a person can honestly go before the Rabbanu Shalom and say, listen... This life that I am living, I am dedicating to you. I'm on your team. I'm on your staff. I'm working Lamancha. This year is going to be a year that I'm dedicating to you. As soon as we have that badge that says Hashem, it's the Rabbi Shalom's inaugural committee. It's his inauguration, Rosh Hashanah. We inaugurate him as a king. I'm on your staff. I'm part of your team. I'm working for you. All doors will then open. As long as a person can honestly make that claim, HaKadosh Baruch says, okay, fine, you know, if you're working for me, then you're, you're, you're not part of the din. The din is for B'nai Adam. It's not for Malachim. It's not for people that are, that, are, that, are on my, that are working for me. If my life is solely dedicated to Mancha, that is a, an amazing way of being Menatzeach Badin. It sounds very easy, right? It sounds nice to sit around a, a conference table here and, and talk about a, a life of mancha, but it sounds, but it's also a little bit like scary. Okay, but what am I getting myself into? By wearing that badge, what does that mean? Does that mean that I, I have to start being misagif myself? I have to have tanesim? I have to live in a very, uh, a very ascetic lifestyle? Is that what it means? That I have to like completely give myself up to the Rabbi Shalom? It means uh, live in the Himalayas and take you know, all types of vows of abstinence and celibacy and uh, poverty. And, 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 and is that what it means? Lamancha? Does that, that's not the Jewish definition of Lamancha. Lamancha could be a life that is identical in Tavshinai and Tess and Tavshin Pei. Whatever we did last year, we could do this year. We're not giving up pizza. We're not giving up steak. We're not giving up a lot of the, the, the things that our car and our house and our, and our couch and our, and our sleep habits, and our, we're, it's the same year. So is it just a scam that we're saying that we're working for you? No. Lamancha means that I am emphatically declaring that everything that I'm doing is for you. 
That means that I'm eating the same pizza, but when I'm eating the pizza in Tavshin Pei, it's different than the pizza that I ate in Tavshin Ayin The pizza that I ate in Tavshin Ayin ooh, that looks good, I'm starving, let's dig in. The pizza that I'm going to eat in Tavshin Pei is, I'm eating it to get energy to serve you. Same pizza, same enjoyment. I'm just doing it lamancha. This is a year that I'm going to give over to you. I'm working for you. When I'm playing basketball, and I love playing basketball, that's great. You could do it and play as hard as you want. But instead of having kavana that I need the exercise, I need to, I love the competition, I love the, uh, the energy, I love the... I'm doing it for you, Rebbe How do you chalk up playing basketball to the Rebbe Nishim? Very easy. I'm doing it because I need to be healthy so that I could serve you. And, and exercise is an activity that you do to make your body healthier. I'm breathing better. My oxygen is going into my lungs more. I'm getting skinnier. I'm getting faster. I'm getting stronger. And all of that I'm doing, Lamancha, it's all for you. That's the aside of, of a Lamancha Yid. There are many Yidin that live this way. And it's not a big change in habit. You don't have to do much different. It's just a matter of changing your mindset that when you think about doing something, don't think about doing it for yourself, but think about doing it for the Rabbi Nishon. I just saw yesterday in a Sefer, B'Shem L'Chavetz Chaim, that the Chavetz Chaim once gave a Musr Shmuz to his yeshiva right before Yom Kippur. And everybody was like hanging on his every word because they wanted to do tshuva and they wanted to... And what he did was, he pointed out to the Rabbi Nishayim in front of everybody, and this was basically the shmuz, that there are boys in Radin that came all the way from America to learn in Radin. He said that, why did they do this? In America, they lived in the lap of luxury. America, even then, was a luxurious place to live relative to Radin. Radin was a little town without, I don't think they had indoor plumbing I don't think they had heating in a normal way. Everything was really, really decrepit. Everything was old and rusty. And, and it's the, it was like the living in a third world country. It was a third world country. There's no two ways about it. Living in Rodden, they didn't have food to eat. They didn't have a normal... It was freezing in the winter. It was boiling in the summer. And these boys came from America where they had the luxuries that maybe not on the level that we have today, but they lived in a, in a, you know, a much better lifestyle. And the Chavetz Chaim points out these boys and he says, why did they come all the way from America to Radin? Who in their right mind would do that? You know, if you want to do it for a, for a trip, for a two-day trip, just to see and to daven by Kvarim, that's one thing, but to stay there for years and to literally give up all of the creature comforts that they were that they were experiencing in America, for what? And the Chavetz Chaim looks at the Rabbi Shalom Kaviach and he says, they did it lamancha. They didn't do it for themselves, they did it for you. And that should be his chus for all of us in Din. He was like saying that these boys from America were going to be matzal in the entire Radin in their chus because they gave up so much. They gave up their life for the Rabbi Shalom. This is very, very true for what we do as well. We can make the same case. Obviously, we're living in America, and we have a lot of luxury, Baruch Hashem. We're, we're not missing any meals. We have bakal mikolkal. But 
a Jew in a certain way obviously is doing it all for the Rabbeinu Shalom. It's obvious that he's doing it all for the Rabbeinu Shalom. If you really stop and think about it, not that we're deprived in any which way, but you'll see as you get older and you get married and you have children, now you have children that uh, you know, need to be sent to yeshiva, it gets really, really expensive. Life is very expensive. And this isn't to make you panic. This is something that you probably all know. Maybe you hear your parents complaining about this, but you know, you have, let's say, one kid, two kids, three kids, and each tuition is like, you know, I don't know, depending on which school you go to, anywhere between ten and $30,000 a year. Times five kids, let's say, it's $150,000 a year, let's say. If you're sending them to, or you go to Eretz Yisrael, and, you know, every year in Eretz Yisrael, I don't know if you realize this, but between, Shlema just went to Eretz Yisrael, so I'm beginning to realize it. It's besides for the actual tuition, which is about 25 k then you have the airfare, and you have the credit card bills, and you have uh, medical insurance, and you have all the tulim that they go on. It's, we're talking about $50,000 a year. And then the kids call at the end of Shana Aleph and say, we are staying Shana Bet or else, you know. And then you have to give another $50,000. And then Shana Gimel, and if you don't allow them to stay Shana Gimel, oh boy. You know, big machlekes, and the rabbim are saying you have to disown your parents, and it, it does not get better from there. Now, if I didn't do this for the Rabbi Nishlam, why am I doing this? You know, you scratch in and say, what, 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 why am I doing this exactly? Shabbos, Yom Taivim, it's, it's all for you. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for you. We forget about why we're doing it because we get caught up in this rat race of, of life and we just, it's memela, of course we're doing it, of course our kids are going to yeshiva, of course, our, uh, of course we're, we're, we're members of the shul, of course we're going, we're, we're building a sukkah and we're buying matzahs and we're doing, we're doing this because we're doing it. But if we're doing it because we're doing it, then we miss out on, on this great taina to the Rabbi Nishlam that I'm doing in Lamancha. You have to give me parnasa. Because I'm using your parnasal amancha. I'm not doing it for me. If I'm doing it for me personally, then you're right. I, am, I probably don't deserve it. But if I'm able to take that badge and wear it proudly and say to the Rabbi Nishlam, that my life is dedicated to you, it's a different life. Now, you don't have to be married with kids to, to say the cheshman that I just told you. Because even at your stage of life, whatever that stage is, you also have your Laman moments. You, you need to be in yeshiva now. You know, it's amazing. Like, people need, you know, it's a, I'm, I'm in yeshiva. Why are you in yeshiva? Your counterparts in the world are, are, you know, in college doing crazy stuff, having wild times or whatever. And I'm here in yeshiva learning Gemara. That's Laman I'm doing that for you. I, I, I mean, I enjoy it. I don't get I me. Mean, this isn't saying that we don't, we don't love Yiddishkeit. We do, hopefully. But at the end of the day, if you're able to make the case to Rabbi Nishlam that everything that I'm doing is Lamancha, I could be having a lot different... My life did not have to take this, 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 this course. I could have had a different life with maybe a lot more fun, a lot more freedom, a lot more... I'm, why am I doing this? I'm doing this Lamancha. And when a person is able to look at the Rabbi Nishlam on Rashan and say in the Tefillahs, Lamancha, and we say it every, every day by Slichas, right? There's a famous song, Lamancha Elekeinu Asev, right? That, that, so that's, that song really defines the, the whole Ruach Hayyim. This is what we're doing. It's all Lamancha. Do it for, we're doing it for you. And we were asking you to, to get us through the din in, in this chus that we have the badge that says Rabbi Nishalom on it. 
We're here for you. We are your servants. And we're working for you. And we want to do everything for you and to further Hashem Shemayim Ba'ilam. And we want to do your Ratzin. But we're not doing this for ourselves. We're doing it for you. If we're on your staff, that means that you have to give us that special status of, of, of getting us through Din. Because we're not the Hamaynam. We're not like everybody else in the world. But you just need the right Kavana to get through Din this way. You're doing the same thing. It's not a, 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 you're not doing anything different, basically. It's just a matter of declaring emphatically that what I'm doing is Lamanchat. It's for you. It's not for me. There's a great vart that I always say. You know, there's a whole simon in Shulchan Aruch, in Arachayim, that's the, the title of every, uh, every simon in Shulchan Aruch has its own title. The title of this simon is you kol kavanos l'shem shamayim. That all of your kavanos in life should be l'shem. This isn't a Muslim of art, this is halacha. The Mechavers bring this down halacha. That whatever you do should be l'shem shamayim. And he says that, you know, when you're, when you're eating, it should be l'shem shamayim. When you're drinking, it should be l'shem shamayim. When you are uh, when you're walking, when you're talking, when you're doing any any activities that are pleasurable, whatever you're doing in life, if you have the right kavana and you have to have that right kavana, then that's a schus, that's a mitzvah for you. So there's a, a bir hagra in Shulchan Aruch. The bir hagra, there's a, a commentary of the gra on the side of the Shulchan Aruch, and Kedarka is always very makatzer. He says things in very few words, and it's, it's sort of a biragra that you wouldn't really notice if I wasn't telling it to you. But this is what the gra says. He says that, and from here is a yisho for Taisa's kash and Avedizara. I think it's Tafiyad Aleph and Avedizara. Okay? What's, what's the gra talking about? So if you look at, at that Gemara and Avedizara, the Gemara and Avedizara speaks about Rabbi Yudah Nasi. And it says Rabbi Yehuda Nasi. He, he never lacked anything. He never lacked anything from his table. Rabbi Nasi was a Nasi, and he had, like, if this was his table, he would have, like, everything. Throughout the year, it wasn't, they didn't live in times of the jet, you know, that you, had, uh, that you had airplanes. So today we're able to have, in the middle of the winter, peaches and strawberries, which you weren't able to get back then. But, but they fly them in from whoever... Rabbeinu HaKadosh had this the entire year also, even though he lived, whenever he lived, way before the jet age. That's how rich he was. That's how malchistic he was. He had tremendous bounty on his, on his table, always. So Tysus asks there, well, I don't understand, there's another Gemara that says that Rabbi Yudan Nasi, when he died, Zakaf Etzer Etzbois Klape Malo, he on his deathbed, he like put all his ten fingers up towards Shamayim, and he says, like a Lashon Shvu almost, he says, He says, my whole life, I never got Hanah, not even with my small pinky. I didn't get any Hanah in my life from this world. So Tyson asked, is a stero? I don't understand. On one hand, we say that he had everything on his table. He had fruits the entire year. He had sushi the whole year. He had steak the whole year. He had everything that he wanted. And on the other hand, he said at the end of his life, he had nothing. He had no, no enough. My what, 
What's good? So it seems like a really good steer, Tysus is asking. So Tysus answers that he didn't eat from it. He really had, you know, some stale bread and matzahs. He kept a little drawer under his table, and that's what he ate. He had some water, some bread. So why did he have it? It's because he was the king. He was the Nasi. So he had to have, imagine you go to the White House, and, you know, and Trump is on a diet, Kaviachal. So, so, you know, so does that mean that everybody has to be on a diet? He has a state dinner. Everybody's expecting to eat well, and they do eat well. If he doesn't want to eat, because on day, but everybody else in Thailand, when, when the Gemara said Reina Kaddish had all the delicacies of this world in front of him, he didn't eat from it. He was very, you know, he was completely perished from all of the Hanas of Elamaza, but the people around him did eat. The Gra is saying, you don't need to say that, Taisus. I'll give you a much better pshat. The emesses that Rabbi Danasi had all the delicacies on his table, and he ate them. Oh, if he ate them, how could he say, You know why? Because he didn't eat them for his own personal benefit. He was eating them for the Rabbi Nishleim. He ate the good foods. He ate steak and ribs and sushi and, and uh, chopped liver. Whatever he ate, he wasn't eating to get Hana personally from it. That's what he meant when he says that I was never Nenebeth Bektana. I didn't have personal pleasure from it. I enjoyed it. I tasted it. It was delicious. But I channeled all of that Hana Klape Mala. Every single Hana that I got in this world, I gave it to the Rabbi Nishlam. I dedicated it to the Rabbi Nishlam. When I'm eating the steak, I could say, I'm, I'm going to eat the steak, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing L'Shem Shemaim. My Kavon is L'Shem Shemaim. That doesn't mean that I have to like, you know, wrap the steak in a tissue and swallow it and hold my nose while I'm doing it. I could just eat it and enjoy it. But if my Kavon is L'Shem Shemaim, it changes the steak into something tremendous. This is what the Gros says. And I, the Gros really should tell so There's a famous story about a Dibbuk in Raden. I'm not in Raden. In, in Vilna, there was a Dibbuk. It's also a Dibbuk in Raden, a different story. But the, the Dibbuk possessed a body of a girl. And she was, the Dibbuk was like speaking out of the, the, the throat of this girl. And they basically, the Rabbanim in Vilna wanted to get that Dibbuk out. So they said to the Dibbuk, you know, we have a, a the Gadol Adar lives in Vilna, a few blocks away. His name is Rabbi Yomi Vilna. If he would come and he would tell you to get out of the body, would you, would you listen? The Dibbuk says, oh, you better believe I'll listen. We're out. If the Gros says to get out, we're out. So once they, before they went to get the Gros, to get the Dibbuk out of the body, they, you know, why you don't lose the opportunity to interview the Dibbuk. To, about what's going on in Shemaim. They did the same thing with the Chav, about They asked him questions, the Dibbuk and Radin questions about what they thought about the Chavitz Chaim and Shemaim. They, say, they said, the Dibbuk said about the Chavitz Chaim, he was Kitano. He was like considered like a Tana in Shemaim. They asked the, the Dibbuk by the Gra, by in Vilna, you know, why are you so scared of, of, of the Vilna Gain? Why, why would you get out of the body just because the Vilna Gain says to? So he, they said, what, what do you mean? The, we're, we're petrified of the Gra. And Shemayim, like, you know, we, we sit there from the Gra. We, 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 we tremble from the Gra and Shemayim. So they said, why? Why do you tremble from the Gra? Don't you know that the Gra eats regular stuff? He eats meat like everybody else. You know, you go to Chaim Kanievsky's house, he's not eating matzahs all day. 
He has he has regular food. He has chicken. He has meat. He has he has the, the you know the 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 Vilna guy, you know ate regular. He, he wasn't one of these people that were Pirish and midarche. You know there there are tzaddikim that were Pirish, but the grow was not one of them. The grow was a person that ate regular. He ate a regular piece of steak. So they said, "What are you so scared? You're a malach. You don't eat anything. The grow eats steak." They said, you, don't, you have no idea when the Gra eats a steak, that's what we're more scared of. Because his kavana is so l'shem shamayim that it's like eating kachim. When the Gra eats a steak, it's like eating kachim. That's the worst thing that he could do is, you know, for, for bad malachim. Like, that's the worst thing that he could do. Because that's super powerful. That's the Gra l'shitase. That's The Gra ate, he enjoyed this world, but he didn't enjoy it for himself. He channeled it, klape mali, everything that he had before he did it. He, and that's sort of what a bracha does, if you think about it. What is a bracha? A bracha is, is a reminder before we eat anything that, that keep it in mind that, that you're doing a l'shem shamayim. Baruch ata Hashem, lekeinu melech ha'elam, barimine mezayne, shakol nebedavaru. That's a statement, a fact, that you created this, you gave me this food, thank you, and with that, I'm, I'm, I'm channeling it heavenward. What I'm doing is for you. It's I saw a third Maramakim about the Grah just yesterday. The Grah says basically this Yisait about these days, about Lamancha. He gives us this Eitzah about doing things Lamancha during, before Rosh Hashanah. He says a gorgeous Vart. He says that Anila Daidi Vidaidili. Everybody knows that's Rosh Hashanah's El. But what does it mean? So he says like this listen to this chat. Anila Daidi. If I can completely make a case that everything that I'm doing is to my beloved, I'm giving it all to you, Rabbi Nishlam, this whole year, Tavshim Pei is going to be for you, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, then you're mine. If I could say to you, Rabbi Nishlam, that it's Lamancha, that Ani L'daydi, it means everything that I'm doing is for you, V'daydili HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you're mine. You, you don't have to do the regular din. You, gotta, you, you have a... You, you have a fast pass. You can, you can just basically cut the line and go straight into Tav Shempei without worrying. Because you have the badge that says that it's Lamancha, you're on the Rabbi Shalom staff. It's not, a dra- it's not a radical thing. It's not a change in lifestyle. This is like the easiest of all things. We don't have to be down the Kapskos with this. We don't have to, we don't have to be Mavra Amidaisa, which is hard sometimes to move out there. We don't have to even be, uh, uh, you know, be mitzvah for ourselves to a tzibur. Obviously, all those things are great, also. But I think this is like the thing that's most doable, because you don't really have to change anything about your life. You just have to sort of click a switch in your brain and say, "I'm dedicating my life to the Rebbeinu Shalom." We're doing it anyway. Everything that we're doing is lamancha. If you think about it, we're going down to seder now, learning three hours of gemara. It's Lamancha. There's no other reason for me to do this other than Lamancha. Getting married, starting a family, making parnasa, davening, shaifer, shopping for Yantif, cooking for Yantif, cleaning for Yantif. It's Lamancha. Trust me, it's Lamancha. It ain't for me. I'm doing it for you, Rabbi Nishlam. But if we don't think about it, then it's a lost opportunity. We're squandering precious opportunity because we're, we're not using our life Lamancha. We're, doing, we're going through the, all of the steps of life without actually getting the benefit of it. If Anila died, if I could declare this Elul going into Rosh Hashanah that I'm Taka for you, I'm Anila Daidi, I'm here for you. I'm on your staff, I'm on your, I'm working for you. 
It's all being done for you. It's not for my own Hanah. I'm going to change my mindset and make it that this year is not, this coming year is not going to be for me. It's all about you. I don't know how often you have to even say it. Maybe, you know, maybe if I say today, I make a declaration right here and now that Tavshin Pei is for the Rabbi Nishlael. Maybe that's enough. Maybe I don't have to do it every... Obviously, we should have that you know, concept throughout the year, but maybe just declaring it is enough. Maybe just that frame of mind that we're working for the Rabbi Nishlam, we're on his staff, we're, we're doing things, but it's not for me, it's for you. And now when I drink a cup of coffee, I'm not just doing it because I need coffee, but I'm doing it because if I have the coffee, I'm going to be able to have a good first seder and daven well and, you know, and, and live well and be normal. And, you know, then that coffee is, is, is like the, you know, it's like the kiar in the Beis HaMikdash. And a steak is like a carbon and, and the pizza is like a, a mincha. Everything that I do is for, is for you. A person like that could literally change the entire course of his life with just kavana, with just having the right frame of mind. And that's a tremendous chos. In the Mitzvah we should be zeichet to aksiva chasimataiva, a good kebenchyar, and all of these aces that we gave should all work to be menatzeach badin.